0: Welcome to Oversimplified, my name is Keegan, your host, and what we try to do here is take a tech topic and make it simple, make it bite-sized, and hopefully you'll learn a little bit of something. Now this episode is kind of a special episode, it's about something that happened in the recent past, and it's a longer one, so stick with me, hopefully you'll learn a little bit of something, and you'll understand what happened. Let's get into it. On March 24th, 2023, Linus Tech Media Group, I believe that's what they're called, was hacked. Took down several YouTube channels, rebranded them, videos were put up that were trying to get people to buy cryptocurrency from a fraudulent source. It was not a good thing. And we're gonna talk about that today. So I've watched a couple of YouTube videos, I watched videos from Linus himself about what happened, and I can pretty confidently say that this that this is what happened. If you want to do your own research, please do. Again, this is a third, third, third party, you know, walking you through this. And I'm going to try to walk you through it as least technical as possible. But again, if you want want to do your own research, please feel free. I will include some links in the description of the or the show notes of the videos I watched to get this information. All right. So essentially what happened was an employee that had access to the media group's YouTube channels got a file from an apparent sponsor. They opened said file, and their credentials were then sent to bad actors, hackers, if you will. Then the, the channels were taken over. That is what happened in a nutshell. Let's go into a little bit more detail. So I'm not exactly sure, but one of the videos says it was probably a sponsorship. So we're gonna we're going to go with that scenario. So it was a sponsor trying to get them to sign a contract with different details, and the sponsor sent them this zip file with a, a what appeared to be a PDF and possibly some other files in there. Doesn't matter. So they opened up the PDF. The PDF was actually the bad thing. The PDF was a hidden um, executable, a hidden program that when they ran it, downloaded all of their credentials and sent them off, and boom, that's how they got access to all of... Linus's media stuff. So let's talk about what are some of the red flags that could have tipped them off. First of all, zip files are not bad. I want to stress this. So what a zip file is, is a way to combine files or compress files and make them smaller so you can send them to other people. It's very convenient. It's been around for eons. And some people do use them for bad things, but in general, they're not bad things, okay? I just wanted to say things. I also want to say that any statements I make about, about uh, Linus Tech Tips, LTT, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at them at all. They are a very respected member of the YouTube community. I think they're a very respected member of the technology community as well. I have nothing but respect for them, honestly. Things happen, okay? Technology gets better scammers get better and we have to make sure that we get better as well and in this case this is what this this whole thing is going to be about is making sure you get better as well the human element is always the element that's going to get us and that's what happened in this case and again that employee did nothing wrong i mean they're going to learn from this i honestly think that that employee did nothing wrong it's okay stuff happens And we're going to talk through some things that can change and make you better, make them better, better. It's fine. It's fine. Again, I don't want to just be like, this person was a horrible person or LTT should have done this. No, 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 no. We're not going to go there. Things happen. All right. So again, like I said, zip files have been around forever. They're good things. The thing to watch for with a zip file is the size. Okay. Okay. So for example, I use Gmail for my, my email. It's my personal one. It's my branded one. It's all that stuff. And I like it. It's, it's, it's free. It's great. They do some uh, virus scanning, which is also good, but they have a limit to how big of a file that they can make, that they can scan. And that limit is actually what hurt them here. Uh, I think the limit is 250 megabytes, MBs. And the file, the zip file that was sent was over that. Uh, one video I watched said the zip file was probably around 700 MBs. Now, that is a large file. I want to I stress this. That is a very large file. YouTube videos, for example, are around, when I record them at 1080p, probably around that size for a half hour video. So, this was supposed to be a contract, a text file. This wasn't supposed to be a video. That should have been red flag number one. Watch for those large files. Also, when downloading things, if if you're using a platform like Google and you go to download that, they will tell you, this file was too large for us to scan. Make sure you trust it. They may not be using Google or or Google's client to do that. That's fine. Totally acceptable. There are lots of other email clients that are great out there. I'm just trying to tell you from my perspective and, and using Google. That is a nice safeguard for you to just say, oh, wait a minute, you couldn't scan this? That's bizarre. Let me take a step back and not maybe not do this or email a buddy and, and just wait, hang on. You could also tell them, wait, we're not accepting files this big. If this was truly a contract, you could have gone back to them and said, no, 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 no. This, this file is too large. You need to send us... Uh, the straight, straight text file, or you need to just do something else. No, this, this is not good. So that would have been red flag number one for me is, is a really large file. So again, they opened it up. They saw that PDF, which wasn't a PDF. That was the problem. And this one is harder to say, oh, that's what the issue was. No, if they opened up the zip file, the, the red flag should have been that that PDF was that 700 megabytes or 700,000 kilobytes as your computer might put it. That's the problem. So again, watching those sizes. Just for reference, I would say a majority of PDFs are well below that one megabyte 1 million bytes or um, 1,000 kilobytes, if you're looking at these these numbers, and I apologize if I'm talking in in these weird numbers. When you look at files, if you right-click on them or even in the zip file, it will tell you how big the file is to the right, at least on the Windows world, or you can right-click on it and get information or hit properties, get information on a Mac, properties, on a PC, and you can look and see how big a file is. These are good things to probably do. Just right-click, see what, see how big the file is. Don't open it, right-click and see how it is. If you're using Google Chrome, for example, and you wanna see how big that zip file is because you just glossed over that part, don't open it, hit that little arrow and say show in folder or show in finder, and then right-click, get info, get properties. And I apologize, I'm flipping back and forth between Mac and Windows, but I'm trying to be as inclusive as I can here. All right, so those were the major, major issues that happened. So how did this work? So this large file was actually a hidden executable. Fancy word. What does that mean? A hidden program. A hidden thing you run on your computer that does something. Uh, For example, Chrome is a program. Discord is a program. It was a hidden program that when they ran it, boom, did some bad things. What were those bad things? Those bad things were to go into Chrome, go into Firefox, whatever. It searched the computer for any type of web browser. And it went to find, ooh, where are these these credentials, these cookies? Let me grab them. And <laughs> it grabbed those, those cookies and it sent them off to these hackers. And then the hackers took those cookies, put them in the right spot. And you know what? They were able to log in. All right, so what are cookies? cookies are encrypted credentials that when you log into a website and a lot all of us do this all of us and you hit remember this computer or remember my login you check that box and you hit login it's so convenient isn't it but that's what happened is it puts this cookie on your computer and this cookie stays there um sometimes for a year sometimes for 10 minutes it depends on on the settings of the cookie the cookie then stays there it's a file on your computer and you know they got these cookies and and it's it was a bad thing in this case. Cookies are a good thing. Okay, again, the convenience of a cookie. Man, I'm getting hungry. Sorry, guys. Uh, the convenience of a cookie is that again it remembers your your login. It tells you it tells the website, it tells your computer that you are who you are and I can log in. We do this all the time with like Facebook, Amazon. These are going to be my examples. Where you just go to Facebook.com and boom. You're in, right? You don't have to log in. You don't have to do anything. You're in. You go to Amazon. Boom, you're in. You can buy that thing. Um, uh, and that's And that's what happened in this case. I grabbed that cookie and sent it to the hacker. The hacker put it in the right spot, and boom, they logged in. Okay? So what can you do to prevent this from happening? Again, first of all, note those red flags. Large files. Large, large files. Bad, bad, bad. Or question, question, question. If you're expecting a large file from someone, great, but you should be expecting it. In this case, if it was a sponsorship, they were expecting a file, but they shouldn't have been expecting a large file, right? Again, smaller for those those contracts. All text, small file. Two, this one is on you, okay? Maybe there are certain sites and services that you need to think about and say, it's worth the inconvenience to put in my password. Okay. What those are is a personal choice. One example that you probably do all the time that you don't even think about it because it's the way it works is your bank. Your bank will never have you say, remember my login or remember this. It might say, remember your username. My bank does that for me, but it will never say, remember my login because they don't want this to happen, especially for your banking information. Right. So again, it's taking a step back, reevaluating what services you want to have happen, where you log in instantly and it's good. Facebook is one really great one. You can just hit log out. You can then, don't check that box and log in every time, cool. Then maybe that's one you wanna secure. Maybe that's one you don't. Google, at least in my world, is a little harder to do because we've got all these different things that are tied to it, right? Like my Google Chrome browser is directly tied to it. It's it's awesome. I, I, log, I don't even log in. I just go and my Gmail pops up. It remembers my bookmarks. It does all these things for me. Cool. So that's where this becomes a little bit more muddied, especially for us content creators. And I'm going to try to gear this a little bit more towards them, but this could also apply to you. It just just depends on how you want to approach things. Maybe, for example, you don't want to give your personal account, content creators, I'm looking at you. You don't want to give your personal account full rights to your, your channel. Maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe you want to create a new Gmail account that has the primary ownership, and you don't then remember your password. You don't log into Google Chrome session. Maybe you do this all through incognito mode. Great idea. Where you log in there, and you have to log in every time to upload a video. Pain in the keister. I understand, but is it worth your security? Maybe. So again, creating a new Gmail that that's the one that accesses your account. You take your your personal one off, or restrict its rights to it, and then you you should be much better. And this, these are hard changes. I'm not going to espouse anything that's that's easy. If it was easy, guys, we'd be doing it already, right? So that's that's one change you can make. It's separate your your personal account from your brand account, or restrict your brand account, or restrict your personal account's access to your brand account. Cool. Still keep it a brand account because then you can manage it. You can have other people manage it. It's it's a good thing. It's a great thing. But just realize that this this is a good thing. It's convenient, but it also It's on a spectrum of convenience to security, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So there's one thing you can do. What's another thing you can do? Secure your Google account. End of story. I have taken extra steps in my personal life that I have for many, many years now. I'm going on four years now, and I feel relatively, relatively safe. I am looking to do more things with it. But first of all, change your passphrase, right? Notice I didn't say password. I said passphrase. Change it right now. While you're thinking about it, change it. It sucks, but do it. Um, and remember, make it a passphrase. Maybe make it your favorite line from your, of a movie that you like, or a TV show, or whatever. Include punctuation, spaces, all these things. Make it hard to to know. Make it a, a obscure line. Make it a, a line of your favorite poem. Uh, Back in the day, this is back in like 2000, I had a boss where she told me about passwords right there on the wall. And I looked at her and I went, really? Yes, she has a poem on the wall of her office. And this is back in 2000. And she says, that is my password. It's not the entire poem. It's one of those lines. All I have to do is look up and remember which line I'm on and type it in. Awesome. So she didn't have to remember that line. She had to remember which line it was. And maybe that's a poem you keep in your back pocket, in your wallet, in your purse, whatever. I'm giving you a suggestion. This is not for everybody. This is just a good idea. So again, passphrase, not password. Number two, this one's a longer one. Uh, This one, it depends on your, your means, but me, for example, I have these Titan security keys that I bought through Google many, many, many years ago. What they do is if I ever log into a new device, period, I have to put one of these keys into that computer, hit the button on the key, on the on the device, to tell Google that that is me, that this is me, I am doing it, which is really cool. I used to have a Bluetooth one and a USB-A, the regular USB uh, that goes into your computer, it was really nice. Uh, again, I've had them for four years. The I'd say the Bluetooth one died year, year and a half into it, which kind of stunk. And I just found out that my USB one died today after four years. So that being said, are they still a good investment? Yes. I'm not even going to deny that. Yes. They, they put me at ease. They made me realize that I could actually just have that extra layer of security and know that I needed to do something whenever I logged in, and that if someone else tried to log in, they couldn't because they didn't have these physical devices in their hand. Makes me feel better. Uh, Right now, as of uh, March 30th, 2023, the Google website has these Titan devices still on sale. They've got the USB-A, the long USB, for $30. And they don't have the Bluetooth one, but they do have a USB-C one for $35. If you can, I would highly recommend getting something. You don't have to get the Titan ones. There are multiple other vendors out there. These are just the ones that Google recommended and they were relatively cheap, but I went, okay, why not? However, what I'm going to do differently moving forward is I'm actually going to buy two of each. I'm going to keep that one on my, my wallet. I kept the flat USB A1 in my wallet, which probably is what led to its death, but I'm going to keep it there and whatnot. The other one, the Bluetooth one I had on my keys, which I think also led to its death. That, these, are, these are things that I'm learning. But I'm going to buy two of each and I'm going to take those second two and I'm going to put them somewhere safe. Maybe your sock door, maybe a a lock box, maybe a a safety deposit box somewhere there where you can keep those second pair safe. So then if you do need them, you can go get them. Right. Not a big deal. Third option. And I'm still talking about these same things. This is this what I'm talking about here, by the way, guys, is something called multi-factor authentication. The multi-factor authentication is what tells you, you've provided your username, you've provided your password. Now we need to provide, you need to provide something else. And in this case, it's those keys or your cell phone. So if you've got iOS 10 or above for iPhone users or iPad users and, or you have an Android device that is Android OS seven or above, I believe. I'd have to look at the details again, but I believe it's seven or above. You can get a Google authenticator app. And you can actually use that as your security key. Uh, what it does is then it will, depending on the device you're trying to authenticate, it will either try to uh, use the Bluetooth or the authenticator app. I just did this literally today with my, my computer and I had to log into my brand account to make some major changes to it. It said, Oh, hang on. Let me, let me authenticate you. Put in my password. It then said, Okay, I want you to tap. A number on your device i went over to my device my device says hey were you trying to do this and i said yes i was it literally said yes or no and then it said which number would you like to pick and i picked the same number and boom it let me in again just that extra added security to make sure that you're there now i do want to stress that even with these securities with that cookie thing it kind of bypassed them which is a problem okay so we'll get into that a little bit later number three in one year, or four, I think around four. When you're viewing these uh advanced protections for your account, you can actually print out a password sheet or a backup passcodes, so th- yeah, backup passcodes sheet. Where in case you don't have your key, in case you don't have your cell phone, and you just got your wallet, but you don't have the thingy, you can have these backup passcodes. That or or your your key no longer works, and you need that to still get in, but you don't have your cell phone. You can have these backup passcodes to get you in and you print them out, fold them in your wallet, bam. So I mean, don't get your wallet stolen, but also don't put your username, don't even put your Google address on that, pa- on that passcode sheet, first of all, because then it'll look like a bunch of random letters and numbers, and people will go, huh? Um, but just, just don't do that, and don't put your password on that piece of paper either, please, because then you're just asking for someone to steal your wallet and walk away with your Google identity. Congratulations, you just lost the game of life. So don't do that. But you can just have those pass, those backup passcodes in your wallet, somewhere safe, whatever, and you're ready to go. So those are things you can do with Google to make it a little bit safer. There are other websites out there that do allow you to do MFA, multi-factor authentication. That are some things that I personally think you should take the steps to do. Some of them are free, some of them aren't. But again, is it worth the money to know that your account is that much safer? Again, that is up to you. But for me, it was, okay? Again, I'm going to look at spending... Uh, $130 in the next couple of weeks to do just that. And I think it's perfectly fine. All right, so that's what we can do. What do we need Google to do? And I think that's a big, big, big question. Google and all of us security people always have to toe this line between secure and convenience. And that's the, the the trick of of everything we do is, is this system secure? Yes or no. Is this thing inconvenient to use? Yes or no. This is the analogy I like to use. You can have the most secure computer in the world. It can be behind two locked doors, behind a retina scanner, behind uh, underground, and it's connected to power. No internet. And you can walk up, to, you can go down there, you can spend an hour going down the elevator, you can spend the five minutes scanning your thumbs, scanning your retinas, Presenting your badges, all this stuff to walk into that dual sealed room, get there and lo and behold, I've got the most secure computer in the world. Oh, it's so awesome. Was that convenient? Was that worth that time to do that? Depends on the computer, but probably not. And the fact that now you can't even get online, you got to go an hour back up because you're in a sealed room that's down underground and you can't get a cell phone signal. Yeah, was that worth it? Probably not. Or, the other extreme, there's a computer right there, plugged into the internet, I can just walk up to it, move the mouse, and boom, I'm in, I don't have to do a gosh darn thing, everything's logged in for me, oh, this is wonderful! Is that secure? No. No. No, it's not. Is it convenient? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But anyone can walk over to that computer now and get in and oh boy, they get to get into all your stuff. So again, that's that line we've got to toe. Like, so even if, for example, I like to espouse locking your computer, Windows L, super simple thing you can do. Windows L, lock your computer. Doesn't, it doesn't restart your computer. It doesn't put it to sleep. It locks it. So when you move that mouse, you've got to put in your pin or you've got to put in your password and you keep working. What? It, why would you do that? Well, first of all, your spouse can't get into it unless they know your password. Your kids can't get into it unless they know your password. Why? Or if you're at a workplace setting, your coworkers can't go into, can't get into that and impersonate you, send emails as you, do nefarious things as you. These are all things that you want to avoid, correct? Um, and I used to work in a, a K through 12 institution. Students can't get in as you. Or look at their grades and change their grades. These are things that a simple Windows L, Windows key L can do it. Mac users, I apologize. There's not a great way to do this. What you have to do is set up a hot corner from what I understand from my limited Mac knowledge. Set up a hot corner that does lock your screen. Then move your mouse to that hot corner. It then locks the screen or puts it to sleep and it'll prompt you for your password. That's how you've got to do it. That's just another thing you can do in your personal life to secure your, your device. But let's go back. So what can Google do? Google needs to then toe that line and say, okay, what is worth password protecting on our brand accounts, on our content creators' accounts? What is worth their time to know that this is a good thing that we've protected for them? And honestly, I can think of a couple things right off the top of my head. In this case, looking at what happened to LTT, looking at password protecting our brand account settings absolutely needs to happen. Right now, I can go in to my brand account, change my name, change my my branding, change everything, and never be prompted for a password. Is that convenient? Absolutely. Is that smart from Google's point of view, from a security point of view? No. I'm sorry. No. I should have to put my password in when I'm making big changes to my channel like that and changing a name and changing branding to me are big should be thought through changes. End of story. Another thing that I think should be password protected personally is deleting videos. Right now, you can go into a YouTube brand account or your YouTube account and delete a video. I believe you have to type the word delete and accept the fact that it's gone for good. You know what? You can check all the videos and do them all at once, or you can do this over and over and over again. That is terrible. Personally, I understand they put that extra thing of having to hit delete. I want to log in. I want to make sure that I say that I'm doing this. Period. End of story. Do I think they should make it so we have to put in our password to upload a video? No. Personally, no. And the reason is because that can be remedied quickly. You can delete a video, even if to put in my password, I can delete a video, and and it'll be fine. But uploading should still be easy. That is our bread and butter. That is what we want to upload. Again, I do this. I make multiple videos at the same time. You know, I can upload up to, I don't even know how many, but I think I've done at least 10 or 15 videos. I upload them to YouTube, let them upload and go. I want that to be easy. I want that to be convenient. So that one to me, no, should not be password protected. Personally. But other things maybe, and this one I'm going back and forth on is changing those video details. Do we want those password protected? I would actually say no. I know we do a lot with our SEO and we try to make that great, but you should have notes on that right? It sucks sometimes if you lose that, but eh. But what I think actually should be password protected is changing those custom thumbnails. When you go and you just want to change your thumbnail to something other than what Google provides as a snapshot from the video, not adding it, but removing it to me should be password protected. It is super simple. You hit remove and you actually lose that image. I mean, you can download it and then change it, but you just lose it. So someone could walk in again, pretending that you, you've your accounts been hacked. Someone can log in and just click that button and you've lost your thumbnail. And I'm all about not losing data. And maybe you've got your thumbnails backed up. Cool. Great. You should. You should have your videos backed up. Great. Cool. Some of us don't, which scares me. But that's, that's personally those things that those little things that Google can do just to make our lives that much more secure. And that much better and even if they only applied it to those of us that say hey we've got our our accounts with advanced security on it awesome that's what i want okay recap watch for file sizes make sure you don't open up any file that is too big that is a red flag secure your account with passphrases right different passphrases don't use the same passphrase different passphrases possibly look into securing your account through advanced protection in Google or multi-factor authentication, using security keys, your cell phone, things like that. And hey, let's bug Google. Let's make our lives a little harder in the name of security, so that way, everyone's life is better, all right? Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to send them my way. And as always, Someone out there likes you, someone out there loves you, and I appreciate you, alright? Have a great day.